This is All India Radio. Life must go on. All India Radio in collaboration with Vikyan Prasar presents science serial Life Must Go On based on understanding and managing sustainable development. Let's listen to episode number 29. Titled Strategies for Climate Change. Excuse me, ma'am. Uh, yes. Uh, can you please move? I need to put my luggage underneath. Oh. Uh, actually, upper berths are mine. Oh, uh, sure, sure. Uh, thank you. I'm Sagrika. Uh, nice to meet you. I've got the lower berth. Okay, I'm Anish. <laughs> Where are you coming from? I'm coming from Katak, going to Chennai. Oh. Actually, my student Ashruta will also join me in this journey. What about you? Where are you going? <laughs> Even I'm going to Chennai. Oh. And my friend will join me soon. Great to know. By the way, which is this station? Uh, ma'am, this is Vishakhapatnam. Uh, the train will halt here for 15 minutes. Uh, do you need something? I'll get it for you. No, thanks. I've ordered lunch from the pantry car. Ah, okay. Uh, Madam Sagrika, mm -hmm. so what you do in Chennai? I'm a professor at the Institute of Environmental Sciences over there. Oh. Uh, actually, I'm returning after participating in a national seminar on climate change at Kadak. And uh, what, what was the name of your friend you said? Uh, Saket. Yeah, where will he join? He will join at Raja Mahindravaram station. Oh, I see. He went there yesterday to visit his sister. Uh -huh. We both were colleagues in the IMD. I shifted to NTPC, uh, National Thermal Power Cooperation, as a scientist. Oh, great! We are going to Chennai to study the impact of heavy rains and floods as member of a team of experts. This sounds so interesting! Yeah. Uh, by the way, Sagrika ji, you're carrying radio. Oh, this radio! Yeah. Anything interesting, huh? Um, yes, Anish ji. Today is Sunday. So, I was listening to the monthly uh, Ki Baat program of our Honourable Prime Minister Ji. You know, I never miss his program. Yes, yes, it's true. Uh, PM shares his thoughts with people on various issues in government policies. Like crores of people throughout the country, I also listen to this program. Oh, you do? Yes, uh, Sagrika Ji, which topic do you like the most? Um, in fact, all topics are so important. Exactly. Uh, but being a professor of the environmental studies, I noted several points from his address on the topic uh, uh, climate change. Oh yes, it's an important issue concerning the entire world. Uh, what did the PM say? He touched upon many issues. He said that it was our responsibility to ensure that Earth's temperature doesn't rise as global warming was already creating disasters like the recent heavy rains in Chennai. Yes, Agrikaji, Chennai was hard hit by massive rains and that resulted in floods causing loss of life and property. True. Uh, what are the other issues he covered? The PMs also said 
that we would keep receiving news about natural disasters from every hook and corner of the world. Mm. And such were the tragedies that have never been heard earlier or imagined even. True. You know, he observed that we are now experiencing the impact of the fast-changing climate and he also mentioned the heavy rains that just hit Tamil Nadu and other states of our own country, resulting in vast devastation, uh, like tsunamis. Yes, Agrikaji. The entire world is worried about climate change. There are discussions everywhere over it and concerns are being expressed. Yes, the Prime Minister has also expressed the same opinion. Observing that there was acceptance for the occurrence of climate change as an index before any work was done, he had felt that the global temperature should not rise at any cost. It was our responsibility. After all, it is matter of our lives. Unfortunately, the developed world is placing greater onus on developing countries like India in the fight against climate change. Yes, and dwelling on this only, the PM expressed concern that the developed countries had been the major polluters. And thereby, they should assume greater role in fighting global warming by funding and transferring low-cost technologies to the developing nations. There are some steps being taken at a global level. Oh, really? But I personally think people also have a role to play. Yes, and in this regard, the PM has asked people to adopt measures for energy conservation and energy efficiency, such as maximum use of uh, uh, solar-powered items to avoid this global warming. Yes, Agrikaji. You know, it's high time we should turn to non-conventional energy sources. Government is also promoting the use of solar energy. And do you know what the Prime Minister further stated in Man Ki Baat program? Uh, what was it? He advised the people to adopt measures as maximum use of solar-powered items such as solar lamps and LED bulbs. He had also reminded people that the government was running a number of schemes of LED bulbs he had asked them to take advantage of these schemes at least. You know, Sagrikaji, solar power is an emission-free driver of the economy. True. Generating growth in both direct and indirect employment. True. A lot of sunlight remains to be tapped. Yeah. The union cabinet has recently approved the doubling of solar park capacity to 40,000 megawatts. 40,000 megawatts? Yes. And you know, 50 additional solar parks would be set up. The parks will lead to abatement of around 55 million tons of carbon dioxide per year. That is a very, very good decision indeed. While grid-connected large-scale installations have received maximum attention, there is still very slow progress on the rooftop solar. Yes, Sagrikaji, you are right. The Andhra Pradesh government is procuring 1 lakh solar pump cents to be distributed to farmers free of cost as part of its solar farming. Oh. Farmers will be able to produce power in their own fields and sell back the power they produce during non-farming days. This is a very innovative idea. The average consumer also should be encouraged to invest in PV modules by offering incentives. You know, uh, recently, naval survey vessel INS Sarvekshak it has innovatively deployed zero-maintenance solar power system by installing razor-thin, flexible solar panels on its helicopter deck. Wow! 
it slashes a yearly carbon emission of more than 60,000 kilograms. Sagrika ji, it's very interesting. Yeah. You know, government launched several measures to ensure energy conservation and energy efficiency. True. The Energy Conservation Act and the Bureau of Energy Efficiency have taken some initiatives also. Of course. And the Energy Conservation Act, it has some provisions also. Energy intensive industries and buildings should comply with specific energy conservation norms. True. Energy consuming appliances, gadgets and equipments, they all are assigned standards and labeling. Yes. Energy conservation building code is put in place and institutional setup is created for coordination of energy conservation efforts in the country. Yes, yes, Sagrika ji. We have Bureau of Energy Efficiency at the federal level and designated agencies at the state level. Yes. Some states have introduced energy auditing and replacing old appliances with energy efficiency equipment. This is government's one commendable job, I must say. Energy Conservation Fund is created at center and at the states to provide necessary financial support for energy efficiency initiatives in the country. And you know, Sagrika ji, there is a national action plan on climate change. I heard that the action plan includes some missions. Oh, yes, Anish ji. There are in total eight missions. National Mission for Enhanced Energy Efficiency, National Mission on Sustainable Habitat, National Water Mission, National Mission for Green India. Ah, uh, wait, 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 wait. I, I remember. Uh, I remember the other missions. National Solar Mission, mm -hmm. Mission for Sustainable Agriculture for Strategic Knowledge for Climate Change, and also Mission for Sustaining the Himalayan Ecosystem, right? <laughs> yeah, and all these missions have their tasks assigned. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry to disturb you. Uh, yes. Uh, your ticket, uh, please. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, your eye card. Okay, sir. Hmm. This is my. Oh. Uh, this is my ticket and I card. Oh, uh, sure. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. So I see you are both environmental scientists. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And we are discussing environmental issues to make best use of our journey time. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> you know, I did my PG in energy and environmental studies. Oh, really? Oh, that's good to know, sir. Yeah. Uh, sir, would you tell us what is the Indian Railways doing for energy conservation? Exactly. Ah, sure, surely. I will tell you. Indian Railways has adopted a range of energy efficient technologies to support the vision of eco-friendly rail network. Oh. Very nice. Energy efficient ceilings, fans and LED bulbs are being used at railway stations and coaches. A policy to use star-rated equipment has been put in place. Great. Solar pumps, occupancy sensors are being installed. Mm. These have resulted in a saving of about 3% of electricity. Wow, that's a that's huge saving. Very nice. Oh, so, can I move? Uh, uh, thank, thank you, you for, for all the information. Thank you. Reaching Raja Mahindravaram Station, huh? Raja Mahindravaram Station? Yes. My okay. friend Saket will board the train here. Uh, you know what? One of my students, Ashrita, is also going to board the train from here itself. Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> and you know, Saket has vast knowledge about climate change and greenhouse gases emissions. Yeah. 
and it'll be nice meeting him. Please, I'll gain a lot of knowledge from him. Of course, of course. Uh, uh, Ashita. Uh, Saket. Ashita, here, here. Saket, come. Hey, Anish. Please help me. Oh, Ashita. Hi, ma'am. How are you? <laughs> Very nice, dear. Come, come on up. Get your luggage in. Uh, Saket, give me your luggage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, Thank you, Anish. All settled, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Dr. Sagrika, hmm? meet my friend, Saket. Hi. Hi, Sagrika ji. Uh, nice to meet you. Uh, so good to meet you too. And meet my student at Institute of Environmental Studies at Chennai, Ashrita. Hello. Oh, so nice to meet you. Pleasure. Uh, Saket, Anish ji just told me that you have got sound knowledge of climate change and the greenhouse gas emissions. Yes, yes, yes. I work at the Indian Math Department with Anish. And of course, some knowledge on matters concerning energy and climate changes is necessary for all of us working in the NTPC, IMD, IITM, etc. Okay. Now I think it'll be nice to interact with you this whole journey. I'm going to learn so many things from you. Uh, this, this is Steve uh, Can we all have tea? It's already 6 p.m. Yes, ma'am. Four cups of tea. Uh, yeah. One, uh, two, and three. Yeah. Right? Uh, okay. You'll have tea? Okay, fine. Four cups. Oh, Sagarika ji, please have some. <laughs> Biscuits. I like these cookies. <laughs> so, Anish, what is the topic that you are discussing? Uh, Saket, it's climate change and greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. Oh, it's an important topic indeed. Everybody should think seriously about it. Of course. It is a fact that the Earth is getting warmer every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even small changes in Earth's temperature can have massive effects. True. Yes, yes, Saket. You know, sea ice in the Antarctic has shrunk to its lowest. Yes. Data has shown its levels since records began four decades ago. Yes, yes. Uh, sea ice at both poles has been expected to decline as the Earth heats up due to man-made global warming. Uh, several other effects uh, are observed everywhere. Of course, and I heard that one out of every five living things on our planet is committed to extinction by the levels of these greenhouse gases. They will accumulate in the next few decades, I'm sure. And now we have reached a tipping point, seriously. Truly. All nations across the world recognize the problem of environmental degradation and the dangers involved with it. A serious attempt was made to address the problem at the Earth Summit at uh, Rio de Janeiro on June 3rd to 14th, 1992. Uh, the head of 150 nations and 40,000 delegates attended it. But I think there was no consensus. Right. Saket, if I'm not mistaken, you also attended it, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, the developed and developing countries were divided on the issue. Who should pay for cleaning the ecological mess that the Earth finds itself in? Oh, mm. I see. The nations realigned themselves into North-South environmental blocks. Sir, why was there a deadlock at the summit? <laughs> Let me tell you, Ashrita. <laughs> India, China and third world countries grouped themselves under the Group 77 banner, while the developed countries were grouped under Group 7. Oh. Developing countries argued that the developed countries were the major polluters and they must accept moral responsibility to pay for it. Oh. Okay. The other side refused to accept the logic though. There was thus no consensus. I think a treaty was negotiated, right? 
इट इज यू एन एफ सी 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 Isn't it Sakit ji? Yes, well said Sagrika ji. <laughs> it is uh, United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. Right. <laughs> Its objective was to stabilize GHG that is greenhouse gases concentrations in the atmosphere at a level to prevent dangerous interference with the climatic system. Hmm. It came into force in March 1994. Uh Sakit, are there any binding limits on greenhouse gas emissions? uh no such limits and no enforcement mechanism either mm. however it outlined how international treaties could be negotiated to set binding limits on greenhouse gases there are 197 parties to unfccc the parties meet annually in a conference and subsequently uh, there was a deal at kyoto if i'm not wrong yes yes <laughs> i remember it was in 1997 yes anish Kyoto Protocol is an international treaty. Mm. It is world's first legally binding climate change deal. Oh, it came into force in 2005 and as per the deal, industrialized countries were obliged to cut their greenhouse gas emissions by 5% of the levels of the year 1990 till the end of the year 2008 to 2012. Correct. So, what about the countries like India? Oh, developing countries including China, India, Brazil and South Africa would face no restrictions on their emissions but were encouraged to adopt policies to promote greener growth There is a idea of multinational carbon market in Kyoto protocol Yeah and that is known as clean development mechanism mm. Yes Agarika ji <laughs> uh, it sets new rules for reporting accounting and verifying emissions mm. It offered means of support to poorer countries through the establishment of adaptation fund and through mechanisms designed to incentivize investments in the developing world oh but i think us is not a supporter of kyoto is it uh yes you are right the us withdrew its support to the treaty in 2002 oh while russia signed up in 2004 which meant kyoto had 55 countries that is enough for it to come online in early 2005 oh yes Despite best efforts, greenhouse gas emissions continue to rise. Hmm. It threatens sustainable development and puts millions of people at risk over the coming decades. True. One thing is clear. Emissions among these countries under Kyoto Protocol have generally fallen, but the rate of carbon pollution has soared. Biggest rises are in US and Canada, if I'm not wrong. Yes. Uh, uh, uh Saket? Yes. Kyoto Protocol period ended in 2012, right? <laughs> yes, Anish. It was the end of first commitment period, but there was an amendment to the protocol at Doha, and it was extended to run until 2020. And there is also the Paris Agreement. Yes, Agarika ji. See, Anish ji, in talks we we didn't even notice that we have reached Eluru. Uh, it's going to be 7 p.m. now. Yes yes. Oh. It takes nearly 90 minutes to reach Vijayawada. From here? Uh yeah, from here. Mhm. I think we shall eat something. Uh I'll go and get some fruits. Uh I I'll just I'll just get the fruits. Uh, oh, I'll come along with you. Ah uh, no 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 no, it's okay. You guys carry on. I'll get the fruits, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, here are the fruits. 
Wow. Thank you Orange so much, Anishi. So fresh. You're doing so many favors. <laughs> no, no. Pleasure is completely mine. Uh, take the beer, Ashuka. Yeah. Hey, Anish. What a pleasant surprise. So good to see you here. Hey, my friend, Dr. Teja. How are you, buddy? How come you here? I am fine. I'm fine. And see, I have Dr. Akash with me as well. And see, Anish, we have our seats right here next to you only. Oh, wow. That's superb. Wonderful. So, Dr. Akash, Dr. Teja, where are you coming from? We are returning to Chennai after organizing a seminar on climate change for farmers and students. What a coincidence. We have been discussing climate change and control of greenhouse gas emissions. Yes. Anyway, she's Dr. Sagrika. Hello. He's my friend Saket. Good evening, everyone. And she's Dr. Sagrika's student, Ashrita. Hello. It is so nice to meet all of you under one roof. Uh, actually, we were all having a discussion on Earth Summit. Yes. UNFCCC and the Kyoto Protocol. Yes, and uh, uh, Dr. Teja, hmm. we hmm. wish to know more from the both of you. Uh, we just uh, stopped at Paris Accord, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the Paris Accord. Well, you have chosen a good topic for your discussion during the journey time. Dr. Akash also knows many details about this. Well, the Paris Accord is the world's first comprehensive climate agreement. Mm -hmm. oh. It was negotiated by representatives of 195 countries at the Conference of Parties of UNFCCC at Paris in November 2015. Right. The agreement dealing with greenhouse gas emissions, adoption and finance starts in 2020. Sir, how many countries have ratified it so far? Well, as of December 2016, 132 countries ratified the Paris Agreement. It came into effect on 4th of November 2016. Mm -hmm. oh, and what is the aim of the agreement? Well, I will tell you that, madam. The Paris Agreement's central aim is to strengthen the global response to the threat of climate change mm. by keeping a global temperature rise well below 2 degrees Celsius above the pre-industrial level. It would also pursue efforts to limit the temperature rise even further to 1.5 degrees Celsius. The agreement also aims to strengthen the ability of countries to deal with the impact of climate change. And what are the obligations of the parties to the agreement? Uh, the agreement requires all parties to put forward their best efforts through nationally determined contributions. And uh, Dr. Akash, one more thing I would like to say that there is a mechanism to contribute to the mitigation of greenhouse gases and to support sustainable development. Mm -hmm. It is informally called the Sustainable Development Mechanism. Yes. And uh, I think the government of India is taking steps to respond to climate change. Oh yes, of course. India is committed to UNFCCC and Kyoto Protocol. Oh. The Union Environment Minister announced in December 2016 that India would start preparing for implementation of the Paris Agreement from 2017. India has a global share of greenhouse gas emission at 4.1% and is highly vulnerable to impacts of climate change. Oh, So India has a comprehensive framework of legal and institutional mechanisms to address environmental challenges. Mm -hmm. It has initiated several environmental friendly measures particularly in the area of renewable energy. Uh, but under Paris Agreement, what steps are still to be taken? And have we made any announcements yet? Yes, India announced its new climate plan 
known as the intended nationally determined contributions. Okay. And uh, what are the basic objectives of the climate plan? Well, the Indian Action Plan prioritizes efforts to build resilience to climate change. Oh, I see. Oh. And what about agricultural practices? Aren't they contributing to the greenhouse gases emissions? Exactly, Dr. Sagrika. See, the IPCC has taken a note of it. <laughs> it has suggested improved livestock management, altered use and formulation of fertilizers, and other changes to agricultural land use without affecting the food security. Uh, Dr. Teja, I remember that IPCC has recognized that human mobility is intrinsically related to climate change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, I read uh, an article in Science Reporter on climate refugees. Some countries are largely interested in setting 1.5 degrees Celsius as an absolute limit for temperature as uh, they fear that rising sea level could wash off their nations from the world map. Oh. Very well said, Sakeji. Mm -hmm. Well, extreme weather events due to climate change can lead to human mobility and displacement within a country or cross-border. True. India is vulnerable to land and water-related disasters and may experience intrusion of refugees which will create pressure on the available resources. Very rightly said, Dr. Teja. India has always welcomed and helped refugees. However, Unwanted intrusion of refugees poses a serious problem. Measures are to be taken to handle the problem of climate refugees. Uh, there was a meeting at Marrakesh, Morocco, last year. Yes, Ashrita. <laughs> it was held from 15th to 18th of November. It was the 22nd session of Conference of Parties to UNFCCC. Hmm. It was also the first meeting of the governing body of the Paris Agreement. Oh. oh! And what was the outcome of their conference? Well, the conference proclaimed that the extraordinary momentum on climate change worldwide is irreversible. Hmm. The year 2018 was set as the deadline for completing all details of decisions to fully implement the Paris Agreement. Oh, see, it's Vijaywada Station. Oh, yeah. 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 I think we all had a very good discussion so far. Yes, of course. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Dr. Anish, you are so right. And I also need to tell you that we have to come back next week to participate in a second conference in continuation of the first. Oh, oh great! Wow. That's good. We will discuss with farmers, business people and others on all aspects of global response to climate change, which we have discussed so far. Well, that That's is amazing! Okay, guys, I'm really hungry. Are you not? <laughs> yes. Yes. So what are we waiting for? Let's share our food. Oh, yes. Life must go on. You are listening to the 29th episode of this science serial produced by All India Radio in collaboration with Vigyan Prasar titled Strategies for Climate Change. Coordinators were Dr. Chandar Mohan and Dr. B.K. Tyagi. Research and script, Dr. E.R. Subramanyam. This episode was directed by Sudarshan Kumar. Presented by Dilip Jha. Recording and mixing, Sharad Sharma. The participating artists were Nikhil Divan, Saurabh Bhatia, Vaibhav Srivastava, Tulip Puzzle, 
रक्षित थापलियाल ममता मलकानी एंड सुदर्शन कुमार हे लिसनर्स प्लीज स्टे विद अस बिकॉज़ हियर आर टू क्वेश्चंस फॉर यू द लकी विनर विल गेट अट्रैक्टिव प्राइज फ्रॉम विज्ञान प्रसार द फर्स्ट क्वेश्चन इज द यूनियन कैबिनेट has recently approved the doubling of solar park capacity to how many megawatts and the second question is how many countries are the part of united nations framework convention on climate change you can send in your answers by simple post our address is science serial life must go on all india radio Room number six one five, new broadcasting house, Sunset Mark, New Delhi one one zero 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 one. You can also write on our email ID, radio at vigyanprasad dot gov dot in. Hey listeners, do write in your full name, age, and profession. If associated with Science Club, then do let us know the membership of your club. If you have got any query or question, don't hesitate to write into us. We will be back again for the next episode of this science serial. Life must go on. Same day, same time next week. Till then, goodbye.